Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life and financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. We are thrilled to have Nancy Jutton today on the show, Wine and Dine listeners. As you'll hear, Nancy has experienced a lot of journeys, and I think you're going to be very interested in something that she created called Life Goes On Roadmap. In fact, Nancy and I are continuing this conversation offline, and I'll very likely have her back on the show later this year to talk about some things that once we stopped recording actually came up like imposter syndrome. Uh, So I hope you enjoy this show. We have picked Prejean to continue through the month as our local wine and local journey that we're encouraging you to go and explore and taste the sweetness and dryness of their wines. You'll hear me mention Merlot. And if you want more information about Prejean, you can find us in our blog. You can find them online, prejean.com. And certainly if you scroll through our many different episodes of Wine and Dime, you're gonna notice that Prejean has been mentioned more than once. So yes, it is one of our favorites. So sit on back, sip away at your favorite wine or beverage, and enjoy this show. Well, Nancy Jutton, like button, how are you today? I'm good, Amy. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I had to throw that like button in there just because you and I talked about it before recording. And when people look at your name, I want them to know how to pronounce it. So as you know, we like to start every show with the topic of what I call my second passion, which is wine. And since you're a listener, you knew exactly to expect that. And I'd love to know what your favorite wine is. Well, I'm happy to tell you, and I've, I've, I've got a favorite wine that supports a cause that I care very deeply about. My mom, sadly, has been diagnosed with dementia, and it's getting worse and worse. And that's an interesting dialogue we can have, I suppose. But it's mm-hmm. one of those things where you don't really know what to do to make things better, but you can put your money where your mouth is. And there's a brand of wine called One Hope Wine, and they, they give a portion of every purchase and you can direct the, the purchase to the cause that you care the most about. So One Hope Wine has a celebration brut sparkling wine that whenever we have a celebration, I buy bottles and bottles of it. 
and I designate a portion of every purchase to go to the Alzheimer's Association so that I can feel like I'm doing something positive for the search for a cure. And then as we celebrate whatever it is, it's an approachable, flavorful, delicious wine, a great value that we can enjoy drinking and knowing that we're doing something good as we celebrate. I love that. Well, that is a wonderful way to celebrate drinking a little bit of wine. My mother-in-law also has dementia, so I know exactly what you're going through. And it's um, life-changing to watch somebody's life change like that. She made it through what I call the angry stage into the funny um, characteristic stage, or is she sort of early on still? Well, that's an interesting question because, you know, we've been in this global pandemic for the last three months. And it is within that same three-month period that neither my sister nor myself have been able to get on a plane to be in the same space with her. And when I try to speak with her on the telephone, her verbal skills are very compromised. So one of the things we're looking forward to is being able to fly back to where we grew up and see her and experience what she's really like. She, um, she doesn't speak very well, and she's a person who'd like to be in control. So I think one of the ways that she's coping with her illness is just to stay silent quite a bit. And it's, it's a challenging illness, and it has all kinds of ramifications. So no, I don't think she's cheerful or funny. I think she's just sort of quietly brewing. And, mm-hmm. and every day, there's a fade away that's going on. And it's important to with a disease like this, that you have an understanding of what, what mom's got in terms of assets and access, because it seems like the blackboard is getting wiped clean every single day, a little bit more. And if you don't have access to what she has and how you can manage it, that can add a whole other layer of challenge that makes you want to drink a whole lot more wine. Uh, You can't see me at the moment since we're not, we're not video recording this, but I'm sitting here shaking my head. Yes. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and, and my husband really gets the brunt of that more so than I do uh, being his mom, but yes, it is um, um, at times comical because at least in our case, she makes some relatively funny things up. I mean, you know, in her mind, they're, completely accurate, but she'll tell you something like it's fact and, and you kind of raise an eyebrow, like that just doesn't sound right. And then you investigate it and it's so far off the mark. Um, but in her mind, it's real. And, and we learned a long time ago, just, you know, let it go, let it go. Don't argue with it. Don't try to correct her. Um, she's going to probably forget about it anyways. So yeah, that's a blessing. And my sister and I talk about that a lot and say, well, let's just, just keep it pleasant. And so as we keep it pleasant, going back to One Hope Wine, what I love about this brand is that they've given $4 million to various nonprofit organizations. And if you love dogs and cats, you can give to animal welfare organizations. And if you love doing things for veterans, you can designate a portion of your proceeds to those kinds of causes. So for those who are lucky enough to look at their life as a way to leave a legacy through their daily Mm -hmm. behavior... I think mm-hmm. this is a apple spiced pear citrusy <laughs> kind of a sparkling wine that you can celebrate. And today we're actually having a graduation party for my son who's graduated from university. So we have a whole kitchen full of this sparkling wine that we will Lovely. be toasting <laughs> and remembering what it was like bringing a baby home in a basket and now having a six foot seven strapping chemistry 
graduate heading off to PhD school in the fall. Well, congratulations. That's Thank very you. exciting. Thank so you. it sounds like you're going to be popping one of those maybe even tonight. You bet. (laughs) Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) We are actually, so part of the podcast this month is that we are are celebrating some of the local wineries in the Finger Lakes area. And I've been featuring Prejean Winery, which is one of my personal favorites. And I have a bottle of Merlot sitting on the counter, which is not um, a grape that a lot of people think of New York State wineries for, but Prejean has done a really nice job growing that in a way that's Uh, very accustomed to the region of like Germany and Austria and that, that sort of region because our, our soil is very similar. Our latitude is very similar. And so um, they've done a nice job in one of the few wineries in the area that actually uh, do grow Merlot grapes where in their vineyard and, and bottle it up. It's a pretty limited um, release that they have, but I'm excited to be uh, ready to open that up for this evening. <laughs> so well, you're, well, you're popping your bottle of fruit, I'll be popping my bottle of Merlot and we can virtually toast. <laughs> I would love that. Well, I'd love to dig in um, and share your journey. As we talk along, I specifically want to dig into the roadmap that you uh, have formed, but I want to learn a little bit about your, what I call vineyard formation, your story, your background, what led you to where you are right now? Well, that's an excellent question. And I would say that I grew up in the shadow of my dad, who was an actor in Hollywood. And when you grow up with someone who's somewhat famous in your family, my reaction to that was to sort of fade into the wallpaper and let him have the spotlight. And my sister and I were both very talented in a lot of different ways, but we always were like dimming our light because he needed to be the star. So what I ended up doing professionally is I ended up becoming a publicist for a number of years, standing behind powerful people who wanted to look big in the media. And somewhere along the line, I started having publicity envy for the people I was advocating for. And I decided that I wanted to be the expert myself. And that was a really interesting shift that I made that required a fair amount of courage because I didn't really realize how much I wanted to raise my voice and be heard until I spent time being invisible for way too long. So you said Hollywood, right? That mm-hmm. that area. So mm-hmm. you grew up in Hollywood and Southern California were... in the San Fernando Valley. And okay. so it's driving distance to get to all the studios where my dad did all of his acting. He was like a character actor in a lot of television shows and movies. And I can tell you about some of his screen credits, but if you saw him in the grocery store when he was alive, you would probably go, I know that guy. I know that guy. And that was his career. That's what he did all mm-hmm. of his life. And yes, it was. Okay. So I, I, all I can think of that's going through my head is like 90210 or something like that. Like that's the thought that's co- that show that, that was, you know, well, popular. So, so here's a show that you might've seen that he was in um, and I might be dating myself, but there was this very popular show called Star Trek. Remember that? Hmm. Yeah, that was pretty popular. <laughs> and they did they did an episode, a Doc Holiday and the OK Corral. Mm-hmm. And my dad was Doc Holiday. 
Oh my goodness. Okay. So yeah, a lot of people would actually remember that. Um, and if not, they might look it up and say, Hmm, who is that? Yeah, that's really cool. And then when I went to um, elementary school, he was kind of famous because there was a TV show called the Monroe's, which was kind of like the Waltons in the wilderness. It was two, it was seven children living. I guess it was five kids living in the wilderness and the Indian gym in, in, in the, in the territory was their friend that helped navigate their life as orphans in this new town. And my dad was the Indian gym. And so at that time he was kind of famous and there were celebrities, um, like paparazzi that were following him. Like my dad was going to show up at the local elementary school at the Halloween carnival. And it was actually a publicity matter. (laughs) It was like, I was the only kid in kindergarten that had my dad on my lunch pail and on my coloring book. And (laughs) I mean, he was, he was like, he was slightly famous. And so there was certain uh, cachet, I suppose about that. But, um, and I think that, experiencing that as a formative age was um it influenced me and i remember being nine years old and i wrote a letter there was this commercial how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop it's your all yep yep and i sat down one day and i wrote a letter to the president of the tootsie pop corporation and i told him how many licks it took And a few weeks, he did. This was the most important moment of my young life because what happened was three weeks later, I get this gilded certificate in the mail and it says, very few people know how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop, but this certificate belongs to one of the few who do. And because I was in the shadow and because I wasn't seen, heard and celebrated in my own family, being acknowledged by the CEO of a major corporation of my favorite penny candy, it really did touch me very deeply. And I thought if I could write words on paper and get a response from someone that made me feel important, maybe I'm supposed to raise my voice and make my impact so that I can help other people feel important. And that was the genesis for me starting my public relations agency. That was how I ended up writing a book called Bye Bye Boring Bio, The Ultimate Action Guide to Get Seen, Heard, and Celebrated for Your Winning Ways. And that ultimately took me to a couple of life accidents in our own personal life that caused my husband and I to create the Life Goes On Roadmap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, using, I words, to- using words and creating tools that would help people accomplish something important. There's a common theme. There's a common theme in the sense that people need to feel important. They do. Yeah. So when you started, when you recognized that you didn't want to be behind the scene anymore and you wanted to, you actually wanted to step up to that limelight and you wanted your voice to be heard. Was there something in particular that you really felt strong about that what was the voice that needed to be heard well at the when it all started remember i was a publicist and i would meet with people bank ceos and credit union presidents and leaders of fine chocolate companies and i'd say what is it that you want to accomplish here and how will we know that i'm achieving success on your behalf and they would always say things like the wall street journal Oprah magazine, you know, the big hits. And then I'd say, well, let's find out a little bit more about you personally so I can know what there is to say about you as I position you as the person who 
deserves a voice on those broadcasts. And when I would find their bios on the, the website, I would be lulled to sleep. The world was littered with boring bios that all read like generic wine that you'd buy in a box. <laughs> like They're just like, oh, yeah, I went to this fancy school and went to this, got this many degrees. And it was like they were so boring. They didn't do anything for anybody. So in the beginning, I said, we've got to transform those boring bios from wallpaper to wow to attract clients and opportunities now. And I wrote a book about it on a dare from a friend for a really crazy and random reason that seems especially relevant to talk about here. And that is I had this PR firm that was doing really, really well. And then there was this great recession Mm -hmm. and it seemed like PR wasn't an urgent need as people pulled in their spending just to hold on to their staff and to do bare bones, what they needed to do to keep the doors open. So I had a friend dare me because I mean, we just bought a new house. We couldn't sell the one we left. And my greatest fear was what if I have to put this dream home on the market weeks after we move in because I can't pay for it. It was like the fear of embarrassment caused me to find a whole new gear. So I, a friend of mine said, you're so good at writing bios for people. Why don't you write a book about it and help people get that message accomplished? And since I didn't have anything better to do, I wrote a book about it. And I'll never forget the day I wrote the book. I, I had it printed up, you know, at the local print store. It was like a self-published thing. And at the time, I had like 1,085 names on my newsletter list of people who were following my get known to get paid advice. And I wrote to them and said, listen, if you've been derailed by the recession and you need to find yourself an online way to do business or a side hustle that's going to help you pay the mortgage or some way to get that lucrative consulting assignment because you just had to hang your shingle because you were shown the corporate door, I've created a book that I think can help you get that mission accomplished and you can go buy it. Here's a link, go get it. I mean, that was as complicated as it was that back then. And then I said a little prayer as I hit send and I put my dog on the leash, a golden retriever. And I took a really long walk because I thought, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm hoping it's going to be good. And when I came back to the, um, the computer, I couldn't believe my eyes you have an order, you have an order, you have an order, you have an order. I, my husband was working across the hall. I brought him in and he says, what am I looking at? <laughs> I said, it's money in the shopping cart. <laughs> he says, how much money are we talking about? <laughs> I said, it's enough to pay the mortgage. And we, we did this little happy dance and it was like, he says, honey, I think you're onto something. You, you got to keep going with this. <laughs> so it was really accidental and essential, really, that someone dared me to create something that was desperately needed. And I figured, what the heck, I'll take the dare. And mm-hmm. I did. And it ended up becoming the, the savior that allowed me to bring home the bacon at the precise time that I needed to fry it up in a pan. Yeah. So it's interesting because when I, when I wrote my bio and even, you know, my speaking bio, when people have me come and do like keynote speaking, I always, I do give a little bit of, you know, educational background or experiential background, but I talk a lot more. I want people to know me, like, you know, I want them to know who I am as a person 
and and not and and I'm sure it would be much more important if I was younger in my career or you know needed people to understand the education that I'd gone through but I want them to know that you know I've not been perfect I've made mistakes that um, I've done some unique things that people can sit there and say, oh, oh, well, maybe I can do that, right? Maybe maybe if I see somebody else doing it, maybe I can do that. So it's not just about the fact that I've done it. Other people can do it too. I love that. And you know what? When you're introduced in that way, it's so refreshing because the audience knows that they're in for a treat that's all about them instead of it being a moment to be celebrated for all of your accomplishments up until now. And I think my philosophy about bios, especially in a disrupted economy, is how can you share what you do and who you do it for so that the people who are reading it are inspired to pick up the phone and journey forward with you? Mm-hmm. And if you can put something in there that's memorable, something that's remarkable, something that's touches a nerve or, or creates an emotion, people will you will break through the clutter and you will start creating those connections that can lead to new clients and of course cash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm, and you've had a lot of people guide you through this process, right? I mean, they're yes. what I call the nutrients, right? The, nu- the nutrients that were in the soil or the air or around you. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the courage that you've had to do some of these things, some of the influences that are, that have been in the air for you. Beautiful. I love that question. Well, it's an interesting thing when you write a book because, or you create an online program or you create a system like life goes on roadmap. There are always going to be naysayers that will say, you'll never make any money doing that. Or why don't you create something bigger? Or why don't you put a, bigger price point on that. Yeah. You know, people like that. And I have run into so many people who have been scratching their head and looking down their nose and saying, why are you niching so specifically in these two different ways that you do with the bio and with the life goes on roadmap. And I think, well, I'm called to do it. Number one, I'm capable to do it. And there's nobody doing it better in either specific arena And if I don't do it, who's going to, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So who have been some of my greatest influences? Um, Since you were mentioning about vulnerability and having the courage to show up as you are, Brene Brown is someone who I admire Uh tremendously. And I think her work about vulnerability and shame and getting over, she wrote a book called The Gift of Imperfection that I really resonated with because- Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a word girl and I'm clever and I'm creative, but my analytical skills, you know, I'm married to a financial advisor. So thank God he's in the family because some of this <laughs> math stuff is genius. You know, I confess that, but at least I can confess that without apology now. And for many years, I really struggled about my missing pieces instead of acknowledging my strengths. So the, the, the work that Brene Brown has done has been influential in helping me feel better about what this is. Um, Tara Moore wrote a really good book called Playing Big, and I highly recommend it because it's all about raising your voice and making your impact and learning to stand in and on your true value. Mm -hmm. And there are women all around the world that struggle with that, and I've been in the bucket with them. But reading the book, it felt like I was sitting on her side porch 
getting the mentoring to solve that problem at long last. And I think that, you know, when the teacher, what is it, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I had this book on my shelf for years and struggled reading it until just recently. And I thought, why did I wait so long? And if I could say one other thing about a book that's made a huge difference for me is Jack Canfield, because he wrote a book, he made a a fortune creating these chicken soup for the soul books that Mm -hmm, helped mm -hmm. people feel better in challenging times. And it became at one point, I think he had nine bestsellers on the New York time bestseller list at the same time, all in the same franchise of chicken soup for the soul. So if there were naysayers saying that I couldn't make money with a book, I turned to Jack Canfield and say, well, he sure made a plenty of money with the book, (laughs) but then he wrote a book too, another one. And his book is called, the success principles, how to get from where you are to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great book. And, and so, so can I tell you how we met? Please. Fun, fun story. Like I'm not a groupie. I don't love to go to big events. I'm probably a little more introverted than the average gal, but I heard that this chicken soup for the soul icon was going to be in my hometown, which was Bellevue, Washington at the time. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to buy the ticket and I'm going to go hear him speak. And he was amazing. And at the end of the thing, as it's often done, he was going to do book signing and you could stand for photos and do all kinds of things. And I thought, you know what, I've got 20 bucks in my wallet. I'm going to go hand it over to him and see what happens. (laughs) But remember I told you that story about the Tootsie Pop and how it, it really made me feel important to be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I got to my place in line with Jack Canfield, he stopped what he was doing. He looked me right in the eye like I was the only person in the room. And he said, what's your name? I said, my name is Nancy Jutton. And he looked at me like with soulful expression. And he said, it's so nice to meet you. Aww. And it felt like he meant it. And he said, I'm going to sign your book. And then I want to pose for a picture with you. And um, something about being seen in that way. I mean, he was so genuine. And I thought, you know what? This is the book I'm going to read. So for since 2005, there's no book on my shelf that has more coffee stains, dark, um, you know, turned over pages, <laughs> um, highlighting. And of all the money I've invested in my personal development over the last 20 years, the $20 I put into that book has paid off for me millions of times. Oh. And I, and, and this is a funny thing. He came back to Bellevue a number of, a couple of years ago and a friend of mine told me he was coming back. And this is a fun story too. He said, um, I bought a VIP ticket to sit in the front row because I wanted a chance to meet him again. Mm-hmm. And everyone got a little goodie bag in the front row and he had this new book called it was something about ordinary people accomplishing extraordinary things and it was case studies of people who had followed his success principles through the years and so true to form i stand in line i i brought my book the original one that he signed and i had the extraordinary the new volume in my hand and i said you're never going to remember me it was 2005 but this is what happened and this is what's happened since such a pleasure to be able to tell you that personally. And then he says, and we only had two minutes, right, to talk to him. He says, well, what's your story? And I I actually was able to tell him. And he said, I want you in my next book. This is my personal business card. Um, Write me a chapter. And I said, well, how long would you like it to be? And he winked at me and he said, long enough to cover the the good pieces, but short enough to be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) 
I did not catch that piece when I was doing my homework. I did not, I did not realize that. that was <laughs> so, so I, I mean, that's huge influence, right? That's a huge supporting, um, influence in your life. And of mm-hmm. course we'll, we'll list some of these books in the show notes so that people can go, um, go and do their own homework if they're interested, but even, you know, taking it the next step. I mean, so you have all this basis, right? So you have the, the bye-bye boring bio workbook. Um, you have, um, what I call nutrients to sort of launch you, right? So we all need those solid nutrients to launch us. You've read some influential books that were really impactful in your life, meant a lot to you. So then you get to the point where you're now thinking even bigger. And you mentioned that your husband is a financial planner. So I thought, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to dive into the program that the two of you have basically launched at this point in time called Life Goes On Roadmap. Um, so that that was started, if I understand, in 2018. Mm-hmm. And you know what led you to that? journey. And that's where, that's where the vineyard gets really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So you know how there are these people that are on this successful trajectory and it looks like it's all wine, roses, and unicorns. And you know, the future's bright. You got to wear shades. Yeah. I haven't actually met a person like that yet, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, just, just for the, you know, from the outside looking in or somebody's Facebook feed, it looks like, oh yeah, she's got it going on. (laughs) Oh, look at that. She's got it going on. So then all of a sudden, I call it life hitting the fan. And so there was some triggering events that really derailed me in my business. One of them was my husband and I were speaking at a financial planning conference for NAPFA, which I know you're a board member for. Mm -hmm. We were speaking there um, in 2018, I believe it was. Anyway, we get this call from the Bellevue Police Department. I regret to inform you that the window to the right of your uh, front door has been smashed. There's broken glass everywhere and in your home, everywhere there should be something of value. There is nothing of value. And I really do hope that your cars are at the airport because there are no cars in the the driveway or the garage. (laughs) So here we are 3000 miles away. And we get the news that our house is no longer our home. Are you still there? Yes. (laughs) There was a little power surge here and I was thinking, oops. (laughs) And I thought, okay, that's a bummer. And that was, that was a life altering moment. And then there were three women that I was close to who had their lives turned upside down quite dramatically because of sudden divorce, death, or diagnosis. And when you find out about people in your life that are suffering, you want to send a casserole, do something nice. But then at some level, like I was sort of self-interested, I'm thinking, what if I was in a situation where I would be faced with sudden death, disability, divorce, diagnosis, uh, whatever. And so I had a little heart to heart with my husband. It was right around Christmas time. And he was asking me what I wanted for Christmas. And I said, frankly, I don't want a thing for Christmas, but what I would like is to have a roadmap to drive life forward just in case something random or crazy should change everything in a minute. And he said, if that's what you want, let's go do it. So we went online to see if we could find something. Mm. And everything we found online was like 
do your end of life planning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so somber. And it was so like, not the way we are. And I said, if we're going to do this, I want it to be fun. And I want it to be an adventure. And I want it to be something that we can actually draw us closer as a family and have us thinking about our future plans and our epic life ahead, as opposed to looking at it as a end of life scenario. So since we couldn't find anything that was what we wanted, we created it ourselves. (laughs) And so we created this beautiful digital organizer, which makes it simple to enter and save and share your most essential information with the people in your life that have a need to know. There's a guidebook that has a very playful writing style that basically takes you on a virtual road trip to Mm -hmm. take a scavenger hunt to search for the important things for 16 essential road stops that you take in your life that need to be organized just in case. And then there's a really fun game board, which is kind of like the game of life in a way. If you ever take a road trip with your family, you don't just get in the car and wing it. Most, Most people will shop for their favorite things for for snacks and they'll plan Mm -hmm. their route and they'll plan where they're going to stop and where they're going to sightsee and where they're going to celebrate and where they're going to do this or that. So our whole system is built around this fun little game board. So when you finish, everyone's a winner and you get your I'm ready for anything road trip or badge that gives you, you know, bragging rights and you can go on and about the business of enjoying the rest of your life. One of the things that I loved about the the visual of the game board um, was there was two things actually. One was I loved the fact that um, at the beginning, as you round like the first curve, it says one amazing road trip, many epic adventures still to come. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a big thing. Like for me, I'm always, I have this saying, um, and I have bookmarks printed up and I have it on the back of my book as well. That says life is about events supported by your dollars and cents. Ooh, I love and, that. <laughs> and one of the things that the core of that is, is that we're all going to have curves in the road. We're all going to have obstacles that hit us. But they're, my biggest mistakes have led to my busi- biggest successes, mm-hmm. personally. Because I always like to take that step back and say, well, what did I do wrong? Or, you know, what could I have done better? Or how can I avoid this in the future? Or what can I take positive out of this to grow, right? So, so that comment that one amazing road trip, many epic adventures still to come, on the curve, to me, just stood out because that that sort of, you know, says that, you know, life's going to throw you curves, but the adventure is still to begin. And the other thing that I really loved was the couple dancing and (laughs) and the dance parties. I'm like, yep, because I was, and if, you know, people that have listened a long time to this show, they know that I'm a huge Allie McBeal fan. Oh, I love that that show. Yeah. I never missed that show. Like, Ever. And so I believe strongly in dancing out the biggest frustrate. Like when I am so stressed and so crazy and just feel so tense, if I can just get up and do the Ellie McBeal dance with the, you know, and sometimes I even envision the little baby in my head, like dancing with the little <laughs> baby. You know, like I just felt like Calista Flockhart's character, Ellie McBeal, just it was me. Like 
that was totally, it, it justified like my crazy, what was going on in my head sometimes. So even today, um, I will take dance breaks, I call them. So, so the fact that your roadmap says take regular breaks, dance parties, highly recommended. I'm like, Oh, yep, that's it. It's true. It's, but it, but it's about events, right? It doesn't have to be a true blue, like dance from the standpoint of, you know, actual dance, but whatever brings you joy and happiness, it's really critical that we take those breaks and we recognize those breaks. Well, and here's, here's the thing. When we, when we created this, what we did in the beginning is we actually had designated virtual road trips that we would guide hundreds of families through on a Saturday where we would rev them up the night before to get their musical playlist down and to, to, to get their timer so they could overcome are we there yet fatigue and make sure they had good refreshments for dashboard dining. And we did these calls. And then on, on Saturday, we would rev them up at nine o'clock and we'd send them on their way. And then we would have a check-in call at noon. And then we would have a celebration call over champagne at <laughs> two o'clock. And what was really great about it is we were holding people accountable for getting this uh-huh. done as we made it fun for them. Mm-hmm. And as people would check in with us on these calls, they would have made these epic discoveries. Yeah. Like, for example, oh, my gosh. I didn't realize I'd never updated my beneficiary designations after I got married for the third time. I got to get that squared away. Or (laughs) I I don't know my husband's um, Bitcoin password. I better get that nailed down because he's got $137 million there. And if it goes down with him, that's going to be a bitter surprise. Yeah. And even like, I don't know my husband's password to get into his phone. Let's trade login credentials so that if we do need to have that, like people would share these stories. And so some of the stories that would people would share, they were just, some of them were put the, um, the hair on the back of your neck standing on end because they knew someone whose life was completely upended when life hit the fan by surprise and they knew they needed to get their act together. And other people said, I don't want to do for my kids what I've had to do for my mom. Yes. And, and so people that the kind of, so what I'm saying here is that it starts out as kind of a transactional thing. Like if I could just power through this and get to the end, I'll do my Allie McDeal dance because I'm happy that I'm done. Mm -hmm. Right. And then what we discovered is that people actually start talking about things that really matter and, Oh, look at my social security earnings over a lifetime. I've really done pretty well for myself. And what am I going to do going forward to make sure I make the most of my future years? Or maybe I want to dial back my work because life has truly hit the fan with COVID-19. And maybe I don't want to pound so hard with the work and have more time for enjoyment. Um, We've heard that a lot. We've heard that a lot. That has been a common theme on that particular topic, by the way. Well, I'm, I'm so glad to hear that because I think that what starts, people always say, yeah, I got to get my act together. I got to get that stuff squared away. And then they end up spending time doing things like organizing their unmentionables and their socks by color and style, which doesn't last very long. It's not very satisfying. But if you actually get this stuff organized, you're going to have some kind of an end result that will be a great gift when the rubber meets the road. And I have one more story that's kind of personal. But we've got our, all this up together, right? And December 8th of last year, I go up the stairs to say goodnight to my husband, and I find him st- stumped over the bathroom counter. 
He has a splitting headache. His left arm has gone slack. His left side of his face isn't functioning. His verbal skills are incredibly compromised. But he says to me, I think I'm having a stroke. Can you take me to the hospital? Okay. (laughs) So I get him in the car. And while I'm, you know, Michelle Obama says she's a box checker. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a box checker. So while I'm driving the car, I'm going, do I know my husband's medications? Check. Do I have his social security card? Check. Do I have medical ID card? Check. Do I know the name of his doctor and the phone number of his doctor from the city where we used to live just in case they need to correspond? Check. Because if there is a stroke scenario and there's only like the first hour that you have Mm -hmm. to attend to it, so that you can bring your person back home whole. Mm-hmm. And fortunately I had all those boxes checked and I was able to be calm in this very critical moment. And he was able to get the care that he needed. And I was able to be calm and centered when otherwise I would have been pulling my hair out. And I'm happy to tell you that he's home now and he's safe and he's unaltered and he's able to be his amazing self. And I am so grateful, but what if I didn't have all of that? What then? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we never, ever think any of this stuff's going to happen to us until it does. And look at us now, COVID-19, how many lives lost by surprise? How many mm-hmm. people caught with their pants around their ankles instead of around their waist, not being able to de-rav- um, unravel their families' lives? I mean, if I could wave the flag and get people to wake up, it would be, please take 20 minutes a day. There's 16 sections, 20 minutes today, 20 minutes tomorrow, 20 minutes the day after that. In 16 days, you can have your whole life organized so that you can have power, access, and control when you really need it. And no utility company will ever say, I'm sorry, Mrs. Irvine, but your name isn't on the utility statement. Let me talk to your husband and I'll happily deal with that when he calls. Right. Hate, hate that. This is not 1955. This is 2020 and we should be on equal footing, driving our lives forward. And gosh, I get all hyped up about it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. I mean, we've had clients that, you know, we've worked with where um, they just have to keep paying the bill and hope that nothing comes up because they can't get their husband's name off the bill or their wife's name off the bill. And they can't get their name on it because... They didn't perhaps probate the estate or, you know, there's, there's some reason why there's just a huge roadblock and it's, if it's planned for in advance, then you know that when you, when you're dealing with the situation, you know what to do, you know, the action steps that you have to take. And to share a real quick story, uh, Brent and I were traveling to Florida last May, we had we had come back up and we were back going back down and he had been out mowing lawn all afternoon before we flew down. And, um, on the plane, all of a sudden started to develop this enormously bad headache himself. And mm. it lasted a couple of minutes. And when we got down to the ground, it seemed to get better. But then once we got the car and started driving towards our townhome, his headache started getting bad again, like worse and worse and worse. And my husband is one of those guys that, you know, he doesn't go to the hospital. He doesn't go to the doctor. It's, it's not like that at all. And 
it got to the point where, you know, he was basically pacing and it was getting really bad and we were trying to figure out what was going on. And I said to him, do I need to take you to the hospital? And he said, I don't know. And then I was totally like wigged out, you know, for, for lack of a better term, because like I said, he doesn't, he doesn't go. And I, I'm looking up all of the, the various, like, what could this be? And I happened to stumble across something called aerosinusitis. And it's basically um, your sinus cavities get, you know, compressed. Um, and because he had been mowing lawn all day and his allergies were acting up, um, that's what caused this compression in his sinuses. And it it basically said take an antihistamine. So he oh. took a very hot shower and took some antihistamines and it cleared up. But the next day, I mean, by the time we got to sleep, <laughs> nothing like standing there watching your husband like sleep because you're so worried that, you know, something's going to happen. But, but that's exactly what happened to, to me is what like you went through. Do I have my insurance cards checked? Do I have the power of attorney checked? Do I have healthcare proxy checked? You know, it's same kind of concept. I'm, I'm going through our folder that I have for us making sure that we have everything. So that if I have to call the ambulance or I have to rush into the hospital, I know exactly you know, what they're going to need. And we're fortunate because we know the questions to ask in a way, right? Like, um, to a certain extent we can say, does this need pre-approval and does this need to happen? And does that need to happen? And, and a lot of people don't know those kinds of things in those journeys and they don't learn about it until much later, uh, when they, when they get a bill. <laughs> well, I think that so, the more we can, the more we know, and and at that least, I know time is growing short, but I read this really excellent book called Beyond the Grave by Jeffrey mm-hmm. Condon, who's an estate mm-hmm. planning attorney. Yep. And chapter 25 of this book, it's basically a book about what goes wrong with estate planning when you forget to talk about it or deal with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this husband's been married to his wife for over 40 years, and it was a point of pride for him that he would bring home the bacon and she would take care of the kids in the house and never the twain should meet. So she never met the accountant, never met the financial advisor, didn't know, didn't know a whole lot about the, the complexity of their very uh, well-to-do financial life. And then his, he's, his health starts to fail and he realizes that he hasn't done her any favors by keeping her out mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, my exit plan is to die first so I don't have to handle the paperwork. <laughs> Gosh. And so... That's a lousy exit plan. It's I'm a lousy saying, exit plan. Let's have some let's have some empowerment. Let's get on the same page. If you're lucky enough to work with a financial advisor, talk to your financial advisor about just these kinds of things and make sure that you're talking about things. And I'll just say one more thing is I've been married to my husband for 33 years. He's the love of my life, but we never really talked much about death. And one day I said, listen, I don't know what you would want if you know, you're hit by a bus and your life is irretrievably broken. Like, how would you like me to handle that? And he said, oh, push me out on an ice floe and I'll fall asleep and that'll be oh, that. Goodness. And I, and I laughed and I said, no, really, I really want to know, like, how, how shall I tend to that if that becomes our situation? And he said, no extraordinary measures, make me comfortable. That's really what I want. Let's get it in writing. And now I know what he wants, but I've been married to the guy for 30 some odd years and never asked him that question. But because we have this playful way of dealing with it in this road trip scenario, it's like, oh, what do you want? Like, it's like spin the bottle. It's like, what's it going to be? And um, you should have those conversations because look what we've been dealing with these last 90 days. I mean, a lot of of loss 
um, a lot of people might not have talked about these things and a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of deep grief for what could have otherwise been a little bit softer in the aftermath. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you had asked me, you know, I guess the reason I, you know, my business, my other business got derailed when life hit the fan for me out of this deep wound, I created something that would be a blessing to others. And now I have the new Bye Bye Boring Bio 2020 book debuting very soon. And I have Life Goes On Roadmap being of service to people. And so we're back on the track, serving from a place of positivity and authenticity. And I feel like my best chapter is still ahead. Well, I think that's very exciting. And that leads to one of the questions that I absolutely love to ask our guests, which is, what is your definition of success? Well, I want to be living a purposeful, passion-filled life of contribution. And the name of my company is Find the Good LLC. And it's actually named after a book called Find the Good, Confessions of a Small Town Obituary Writer. And in this book, she says, the neat thing about writing an obituary for all of us is that there's still time to change your story before the deadline. So I want to find the good, live purposely with passion and to make a contribution and for my legacy to be alive today. Whether you've got a brilliant bio that attracts clients, connections or cash, or you have your life goes on roadmap system. So you've protected yourself just in case something random or crazy should happen. Either way, Those are blessings that only I could bring through my own experience to you using the words that I love to share and to to recognize that you are important in both ways. And if I could see here and celebrate you and you could see here and celebrate Mm -hmm. your clients Mm -hmm. and your family in this way, you will find the good and have the good and that will be a brilliant outcome. Mm -hmm. That's a wonderful definition of success. Thank you. I just, I love, I love the, I love the fact that we talk about it in a way that says you always have a chance to change the story. Our lives are a journey and things sometimes don't go right, but we have the power to make changes. And yes, change, there's, some, change there, and there's something good in every life. There's that's what this, this writer said, you know, if you were first, if you're the one that's writing the obituary, you have the challenge to find the story. That's the one that everyone in the neighborhood is going to read about, about, this life that came and went, there's something good in every life. If we can all go find it. And, um, well, and I personally think that we live several lives in our own life. (laughs) At least mm -hmm. I feel like I have, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, there's just, there's just different, when you think about a vineyard and you think about the rows of a vineyard, each row can be very different. They can be, um, and, and if you think about the sections of a vineyard, often each section of a vineyard is very different. If you have a Merlot grape planted one way, one section of the vineyard and a Cab Franc grape, you know, planted in a different section of the vineyard, they're very different, yet they're all the same vineyard. Mm. So life, you know, life has those pockets, I think. And, um, and I think we always have a chance to, to change that, um, that story, that journey. So, um, Nancy, before I let you go, I have one final section of the podcast that I just absolutely love called nourish your vine section. And we just like to take a few minutes with each of our guests to provide our listeners with maybe number one or two lessons that they've learned in their lives that they'd like to pass on. That's a beautiful question. I'm going to quote Jack Canfield. 
we find ourselves in a challenging situation where there's been a lot of disruption of lives and businesses, and you could find yourself commiserating with people about how awful things might be. And his advice, and I love this, is to drop out of the gosh, ain't it awful club and hang out with people who are seeing the world from a more positive lens. Absolutely. And then that, that's a good one. And then I guess another thing I would say is no one ever promised it would be um, a rose garden, that everything would be perfect. But can you find some way to fall down seven and get up eight and have whatever the next stage is be your finest hour? Because we're all going to live long and prosper if we stay well and follow the stay, stay at home order and shelter in place. But, you know, can we fall down seven and get up eight and want want our next result enough to stay with it to make it come true. Mm -hmm. I think tenacity is a beautiful thing and you never regret the road that you travel. And if you can enjoy the journey as well as the destination, I think you're in a pretty good place to enjoy the fruits of the vineyard, if you will. Mm -hmm. Well, I think some of the best um, in our, you know, lives, I think some of the best views have come from wrong turns. And, um, and keeping that in mind that sometimes when we make a wrong turn to take a step back and enjoy the view anyways. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, I want, I want to say so much, um, thank so many thanks to you for taking time out of your schedule and being on our show today. Where can people get more information about life goes on? road trips and, and your books. I, I believe they're on Amazon, if I'm not wrong. Um, where can they contact you, reach out to you? Tell us more about how to get in touch with you. I would love to. If you would like to access the Get Your Act Together Getting Started template as my gift to you, simply visit lifegoesonroadmap.com. And if you would like to download the very first section of Bye Bye Boring Bio 2020 for today's virtual age of speaking on podcasts, webinars, Zoominars, and more. You can go to Bye Bye Boring Bio 2020 and be alerted first when the book is available for purchase in mm. September. It is my best work. It is my finest hour. And I can't wait to shout from the rooftops about how everyone can be made to feel important with the few well-chosen words that set them up to succeed beyond their wildest dreams. So that was Bye Bye Boring 2020, correct? It's Bye Bye Boring Bio 2020. Bio. Let me get that in there. Bye Bye Boring Bio 2020. Okay. We will put those in the show notes for sure. Thank you. And I believe they can find you on Facebook as well. Is that oh, true? I'm everywhere. You can. I've, <laughs> I've got a YouTube channel. I've got Facebook. I've got Twitter. I've got all of that. I have a Raise Your Voice, Make Your Impact Facebook group. Um, just Jutten, J-U-E-T-T-E-N. Google it. You'll see I'm everywhere. And why is that? Because I was a publicist for a really long time and I learned how to toot my own horn pretty well. And if you want to learn how to do that too, I can show you how. Well, you know, we should probably have a follow-up show at some point in time about that because I know that's one of the things, and um, I used to think it was a, a woman thing. I used to think that we just weren't that great at it as a general rule. But the more I've been open to having conversation with men, I found out that they're just as uncomfortable tooting their own horn, um, even when they deserve to, uh, you know, 
in, in their lives also. And so perhaps we can do a follow-up session talking about that particular topic in and of itself, because I, I know one of the things that I'm not joking, I've heard more and more throughout this uh, COVID-19 stay-at-home orders is that people are discovering that they love their life at a slower pace and um, they may love the work that they do. They may not love the company they're doing it for, or they may have realized that they don't love the work they're doing at all. And yet they've got a lot of experience and knowledge and wherewithal that they can take with them wherever they go. But fear and, and I am guilty of this, self-doubt gets in the way. Oh, and, yes. you know, well, when yeah. we can talk about that and, um, and how to, how, I want to say how to fake it till you make it kind of type thing to a certain extent, but you have to get yourself out there. And, well, and if there was one, I would love to do a follow-up show. Thank you. I would love it because there's so much more to say. And I will say one thing, when you frame what you have to say, not as all about you, but why this is of value and of service to those you are sharing it with, mm-hmm. that's a shift that you make in service that ends up becoming the, the big win. So don't think about it being about you. I have the same philosophy about bios. Yes, it's about you, but it's also, what is it about you that other people will find intoxicating and brilliant and so memorable that they can't wait to pick up the phone and say, hey, let's do business. If we could just step into that message now, with mm-hmm. podcasts like yours and other virtual venues, there's no reason we can't raise our voices and make our impact in our own best way and have our next chapter be our finest hour. Mm. Well, so I'll leave it at more to come. And thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate your time. I loved being here. Thank you. Cheers. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.